Well, welcome to Religion Unplugged, a news magazine on religion. We draw on a network of several hundred reporters around the world, um, and our goal is to model how to cover religion well and the role that it plays in public life. So we're going to talk today, I, I introduce my friend here, um, Mitchell West, whose moniker is Street Hymns. Street Hymns because the streets need him, have I got it? Doing hymns for the streets because the streets need him. Okay, yeah. there we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah. we are. Yeah, 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 there we yeah, yeah. are. Mars. So, so, and I've been learning a lot from you already, and I've done Absolutely. some listening thanks to mm -hmm. you. Um, so, Street is a battle rapper. Absolutely. And what we want to find out is a, a little bit about you, uh, your background, how you got into this, and then we want to know, uh, you know, exactly what the whole battle rap, you know, where that fits in the rap realm, uh -huh. and then where a Christian battle rapper fits within battle rap. Absolutely. So let's go. So where where are you from, and how did you become a rapper? I was born in Jersey, and that's where hip-hop kind of is known to start the East Coast, and so a lot of my hip-hop influence comes from the East Coast, being born there, and then just the people around me as well. Um, so we moved to Texas when I was like eight years old, so... All I really know is Texas. So I say I'm from Texas. You know, okay. I was too young to claim, you know, New Jersey or the East Coast. Um, but as far as like my hip hop influence, it really came from the early foundations of Christian hip hop. It was a group named uh, the Cross Movement, and uh, we were really, really close. Which I listened and, to. You yeah, what'd you think of the album? I liked it. Yeah, I it's, liked it's, it. It's yeah. theology, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And it's what they were called lyrical theology. And yeah. it's, it's, it's over hip hop beats, and they really were to be real, the first battle rappers um, within the Christian realm, because oh, wow. when you listen to the topics they're talking about and addressing, like one of the uh, tracks that Fanatic was rapping, it was like, um, without Christ, man ain't spiritual. Y'all just caught up in a bunch of spare rituals. Without Christ, it ain't spiritual. All it is is a bunch of spare rituals. Oh, you know what wow. I'm saying? So it's like, like yeah. and then he starts dealing with the, the rituals of man and how that is apart from Christ. And so they were really tackling a lot of what hip hop was addressing in a spiritual sense. So over beats, they were some of the first to do so in that format. Interesting. Um, where, where, where are they from? Are, are they East still Coast, around? Yeah, Philly, yeah. East yeah, Coast, yeah, Philly, yeah, yeah. okay. So they're now what we call the OGs. The OGs. Yeah, yeah. The older yeah. generation. I figured that out. Yeah, yeah, it works. The OGs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The OGs. <laughs> Generation. That's okay. that. We'll, we'll use that. Doing their bars. Uh -huh. I, got, okay, mm. I got it in there. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, we definitely look up to them, and they were literally our role models um, when, when hip-hop was uh, central. Actually, uh, Lecrae, when he first signed, he actually signed to Cross Movement Records. Okay. Um, now, battle rap, within, so, you know, you have the hip-hop, then you have rap, and then within rap, you have battle rap. Um, and then within battle rap, you have Christian battlers, you know, so it's definitely like some uh, genre, subgenres going on. Okay. It's so hip hop in general um, is centered around DJing, b-boying, spray painting, and rap. So when you talk about hip hop, those are the pillars. Um, and then some others, there's some other like uh, deviations around that. Well, and it's, uh, it started with back in the 70s, if I understand, at dance clubs with the DJs, and the DJs would talk over the music, yep. and then the, the talking over the music got to be more important than the music, if I got that. And battle rap um, got its first mainstream push 
uh, when uh, a movie called Eight Mile came out, and Eight okay. Mile was uh, Eminem, yeah, and uh, it was a basically a biopic, biopic, you know, yeah. in, a, in a sense, you know. Yeah. So he basically told what it, his perspective of what it meant to be a, a battle when rapper. When was that in the movie? Maybe 2000 2003. So early, so. yeah, so a little bit were, earlier, 2000s. You were, yeah. you were a little kid, absolutely. Yeah. But when that movie came out, yeah. from that moment on, I just remember in junior high, we would bring our little DVD players, we play music. Because portable DVD players were speakers. Of course, yeah. And so we play that, and then we start battling each other right before school or right during. Like, so we literally be rapping, you know what I'm saying, battling each other and stuff like that. And uh, that's kind of where my start in battle rap happened, just our freestyle battling our peers. Uh, what we call roasting, you know, yeah. in, in culture. It's like, like how can we joke on each other while also making it rhyme and then also entertaining people? And, you know, yeah. so that's what we we're doing, you know. So many layers of fun, actually. Absolutely. Sounds like. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the form of battle rap we see now is um, a lot more aggressive. It's a representation of who is the better rapper, you know. Um, and a lot of where it's at now is who was the better presenter of the rap, um, which is the entertainment aspect of it as well, yeah. which both are crucial to the culture. So the content as of now typically is more uh, violence oriented, you know, talking about a lot of guns, talking about a lot of, you know, stabbing, you know, uh, just the aggression, you know, a lot of a lot of anger yeah. and aggression within it. But in its presentation, it's actually just beautiful how they how they how they portray it lyrically. It's it's and I, I equate it to art actually. Yeah. Well, it is um, an art. Um, but yeah, so uh, it, it all works together. But in the same way, you can see a beautiful piece of uh, medieval art where you have somebody's a sword going through somebody's head yeah. and blood spouting out of it. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's like, wow, this is very vulgar, but wow, it's beautifully painted. You know, yeah. same thing with battle rap. Caravaggio you know? holding, famous painting, holding the head of Goliath, which happens to have Caravaggio's own face on it, bleeding all over the place, dripping under the, you know what I mean? So this is a gory thing. And exactly. Multi-million dollar piece of art. Exactly. And so that's how we, that's how, that's how, that's how we portray battle rap. Now, of course, if you're watching it from the outside in, you have no exposure to the culture, you have no knowledge of the culture, you're just going to look at two men who are angrily going at each other and it's like wow somebody called the police yeah you know and uh yeah you know i've had that happen just in, in the bible college i went to just having a debate about kobe and michael jordan and they you know like yo they're angered so that means they're therefore fighting so we should call them it's like no that's just our culture we're expressive um if you if you've never been to an art gallery and you're just seeing people just look at pictures all day you're gonna be like Yo, y'all could be spending your time doing better things. It's like, no, well, yeah. I guess you can watch somebody kick a pigskin around for eight hours, and I guess that's more yeah. valuable. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 we're going to place value in what we place value in, and, and where we place value it, it is what makes and, 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 and creates culture. Yep. And so we see a people yeah. group of uh, people who love lyricism, love metaphors, love storytelling, and love aggression, and just love expression coming together and then hashing it out by lyrically going at each other. So I've seen, you know, legitimate uh, 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 rivalries end just because it's like, yo, we got to get on stage. We know we were mad at each other. We're about to dap it up and hug. And that's literally what you see. Nine times out of ten, people dapping it up and hugging afterwards because wow. it's like, well, we said we got to say. Same way with boxing. Out. Just yeah. like boxing. You know, it's, it's like, yeah, we, yeah. we, we push for the fight. We, we, we promote it. You know, we got yeah. Don King in the background, you yeah, know, yeah. shouting and stuff like that. But yeah. when it's over, it's like, what more we gotta say? Like it is what it is, right? Yeah. So um, yeah, that's that's the beauty of battle rap. So within that, now yeah. we have 
a group of believers and Christians okay. coming in there and okay. saying, all right, so uh, within this aggression, within this, uh, within this violence, within this, it's like, well, how about Jesus? You know, just try him out, right? So uh, we get in there, and uh, the first person to really transcend and, like, trendset within that, his name is the Saga. And what's crazy is, uh, before the Saga even started, this is when battle rap became more acapella and not over beats. Because 8 Mile was over beats. Like I said, we had the DVD players. Like, we were Im- imitating, mimicking them. This is more now, all right, acapella. There's no beats. There's no issues. Spoken word and spoken word going at it, right? Okay. Um, so Saga's the first to do it. Um, I come in right after him, and uh, so Saga's after, what twenty ten. Um, actually, yeah, yeah, about 20, 20, 2012, 2010. Okay, yeah, he, he battles a guy named uh, well, when I saw it, it was a guy named Black Mugga on the biggest um, platform, which is called the URL Ultimate Rap League. Known for was last night, dog. We really ain't got time for none of that Jesus talk. I mean, what can a Christian bring to the culture? It's a good question. Well, I guess we're going to have to learn and see. Because even my own people praying on my downfall. So being an underdog is something I had to learn to be. So even if you're boys- And he goes there and I'm like, wow. Like, this is what it looks like for a Christian in battle rap. And like I said, 10 years before that, I was like, I'm going to battle rap. Like, what does it look like for a Christian? I was like, I don't know. Yes. I didn't know what it looked like. Yeah. And so when I saw Saga, I was like, wow. Now, mind you, I don't rap like the Saga, but I was like, just to see what it meant to be a Christian in there is all I needed to see. Yeah. And so once I saw that, I remember reaching out to Saga. I was like, hey, Saga, I got my first battle coming up. You know, I'm a fan. You know, he didn't, you know, exist. I was like, hey, I got my first battle. He's, and he, he, was, he was a little hesitant to, like, you know, give me a cosign. He's like, what, what, if, he's, what if he's bad? You know? Yeah, so, yeah, right, right. He's like, you can't just I don't want to sign up hey, with Just because he's a Christian. You know, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, excellence, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, Art yeah, is yeah. excellence. So um, I showed him the, the footage. He was like, man, like, like, you're dope, man. Like, work on this, work on this, work on this. And so he's literally been like a sensei to me. Oh. People are recognizing him as one of the best to do it. And we, we realized, like, yo, we, we don't have to intersect or, like, trample over somebody else's, trample over somebody else. We could literally just come together and make a collective. Um, so now we have that. And then we have our most recent member. His name is Oops, um, who was a, um, he had a, he had a political office. Oh. Yeah, he became a politician. Oh, he was a, oh. So he went from battle rapper to politician. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, yeah, and he's killing it. Yeah, he killing it. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he actually got a document. He actually so has a documentary. So he's now a state out. senator, or a, yeah. Um, well, I, I forgot the position. He okay, had, okay, but um, he definitely from he's that, in politics. He was in politics, and then he ended up actually having a documentary that ended up being like Emmy Emmy nominated or something. Oh my god! Yeah, he's he's killing it. So uh, wow. Yeah, so just the social justice side of things, you know, like every time there's something happening, Oops is the first to, you know, hit the streets, you be know, and protest and be there. Like, and he's there for, he cares so much for the city of St. Louis. Oh, wow. So, uh, so yeah, so it was the camaraderie of that. So we have a team and we're just out there killing it, repping God. So the team is Saga, A-Ward. Loso. Loso and Oops. Yeah, and, and then Street and, M's. And Street M's. You feel me? And Street M's. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So explain to me, there's a thing called Battle Rap Leagues. So um, as I mentioned, like you have the Ultimate Rap League, um, which is the main one, which is really kind of the one of the first ones to really do it at a high level. So it kind of took stock in like, yo, we're the most respected because, you know, we were the first to do it and we, we, we created a great brand. So okay. there are a lot of trend. They do a lot of trend setting things that have, have kind of uh, made them 
uh, distinguished from the different modes of other leagues uh, and, and, and venues and things. So um, they throw very, very high quality events and some of the biggest events you, you can see is from them. In fact, they actually, uh, Battle Rap has actually grown the most it's ever grown, in my opinion, mainstream in this last year since COVID than wow. any other time before. Wow. Yes. Well, to why where, is that? Because it's... Well, well it's, it's one of those things where uh, we talk about people not being able to do anything but watch YouTube and and so like in the midst of battle rap being like oh snap we're used to throwing events with 5,000 plus people showing up but now we can't do that what should we do it's like well let's get stream some cameras it. go let's to a small little venue yeah. and stream it right here and just bring a small group of people and wear yeah. masks and they were like wow I guess we don't need we don't need to do these big events we could just really do it and people are going to watch no matter what yeah and so um, and they so were just really really smart absolutely yeah. and they actually created their own app called the uh, Smack app or URL app. And uh, the URL app is literally uh, the response to them uh, having to give YouTube a cut of something. It's like, well, instead of having oh. to give a cut, we can just do it all ourselves. Yeah, let's and so they, they've literally, you know, black owned business and they've legitimately have <laughs> killed it wow. in that front. You know, let's talk about um, over 50,000 download of, of, of wow. $8 a month subscribers. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. they're killing it. I can name leagues for uh, for days, you know, I started in a league in Dallas called DFW Battle League, Dallas-Fort Worth Battle League, and um, that's where I got my recognition. And then next thing you know, from that, I ended up battling in Atlanta at a, at a platform called Bullpen Battle League, wow. which uh, has helped me gain a lot of the exposure I have right now, you wow. know. But there's leagues in the Philippines, oh my and gosh. the most viewed battle league, in my, like I think number-wise, is a Filipino battle league oh called gosh. Flip Top. Flip top. Yeah, and they just flip top they, as in Philippine. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. I, I didn't. I didn't yeah. know why it was called flip top. But yeah, yeah so they legitimately ha, are killing the numbers. They'll do a battle in you know uh, fifty million, so fifty million views or whatever, just because so these are they're going to support Filipino battle rappers. Battle rappers, yeah. But yeah, so uh, within battle rap, uh, Christianity uh, has really, really uh, made a stamp within it to where. Uh, like I said, like Loso is like he's he was on the cover of one of the first battle rap magazines, you know, and he's wow. a Christian battle rapper, boldly proclaiming the name of Christ. Wow. Um, a Ward is was in like the top ten battlers of last year, you know, um, boldly wow. proclaiming the name of Christ without even touching the platform that was the most respected. Um, Saga is like a trend setting uh, legend, you know, and 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 highly respected amongst. All the all the battle rap culture, Oops is definitely like highly <laughs> respected as well, just in what wow. he does um, on and off stage. You know, being in the streets first and uh, being uh, one of the first responders when it comes to social issues, and just being an amazing rapper as well. And then uh, you have me, you know, the yeah. nerdy guy. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere you said in uh, in one of the interviews or something that I read that you wanted to see yourself as more of a writer than a performer. So so. If you have two battle rappers, even if they're not Christian, what can happen is it can either be general in, in, in a sense where like we're just going to do aggression or what, we can, what can be involved is what's called personals. And okay. we've had battle rappers do some of the most humorous things to the most disrespectful things um, to where it's like, yo, we got words after this. You know, I've seen battle rappers take somebody's grandmother's obituary and spit on it and then like rip it during Ooh. the battle. I've seen other battle rappers talk Ooh. about somebody's crippled brother and how he's going to kick his wheelchair down the stairs, you know. Um, uh, and and it, 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 it can go to those extremes. And that, those are personals. That's what we call personal because you're, like, you're, 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 you're playing a field that's like, man, like, 
this is aside from battle. And people say, you know, there's no holds bars in battle rap, but at the end of the day, like, yo, I'm I'm a man at the end of the day, and I have my dignity, and I'm, and you're mentioning my wife, you're mentioning my kids, you're mentioning my grandmother, like, yo, like you're you're crossing boundaries you're crossing where I, line, now yeah. I can't even respect you as a man. Don't expect to shake my hand after it's all said and done, you know. So um, there's some battle rappers actually known for how much disrespect they give. Um, so when you have Christian battle rappers now. Because there's an element of disrespect, element of personals, element of lyricism, writing, all those things, typically what will happen is, based on the opponent, we have to basically assume what they're going to talk about in order to make a defense. So, for example, I battled an atheist one time, and not only an atheist, he was like an aggressive atheist. And so, um, legitimately, before the battle, I put in uh, 40 plus hours of research, you know, wow. watching debates, watching atheism versus Christian, watching uh, videos like from Saiten, Brooking Gate to to Nabil Qureshi, to um, wow. just a bunch of just apologists, you know what I'm saying? It's right. like, what if he says this? What can I do and make that sound lyrical? So, so part of it is done, part, I mean, part of it is on your feet mm -hmm. coming up with the rap. Absolutely. Yes, yeah, okay. so, so that, and so, so typically what it is, 95% of material is pre-written, okay. but what will happen is we have a, a, a between rounds, because it's usually like a three-round battle, whoever goes first and then who, and I can do a rebuttal to what you just said. Okay. So I'll mention something you just said and then creatively tie that into my round to 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 lessen the blow of what you just did and take so the attention off of that. That you're you're writing that's in your head on yeah, the that's spot. on the spot, yeah. Okay. And that's why A Ward is one of the best because he's good his, at that. what as he would say his rebuttal game crazy. That's what he said. <laughs> my rebuttal game crazy. <laughs> so yeah, he's a he's yeah, you got to watch A Ward. He's Yeah, he's, okay. He's I'm, 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 truly I'm, brilliant. Truly oh, yeah. brilliant. So yeah, rebuttals is a is a definitely element. So um, myself, when I say uh, I'm I want to be more so known as a writer and not a performer, um, it's more so because within there you have people who are known for their performance, uh, like a Hitman Holler, like a uh, like a Saga, like a like a Loso, um, and then you have people who are known for what we call the pen, you know, just okay. lyricism. Like um, it's it's the difference between a a great performer and a great writer you know it's like man like lyrically that hit me different you know last last night you and i heard a a rather incredible performer sure. um give the history of the spiritual within the african-american experience starting with the the enslaved african yes. songs in the fields including the work songs and and also the songs that they sang that were code for for clandestine meetings and code for escapes and code for you know and that is entendres yeah and they're entendres mm -hmm. so that whole you know this tradition it's part of our culture it goes part of deep our people. back into your culture which is what she was mentioning uh, in the beginning of the, her talk and uh, her her singing as well she was saying that. Um, they set the tone and actually were the foundation for jazz, for blues, for yeah. hip hop, for rap, yeah. all these things. And uh, it, it, it truly, like I said, it is rooted in foundationally expression of a struggled people. Even though we all may be believers, it's it's almost like denominations, you know. So there's different people like, you know, I'm 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 not an aggressive person at heart, but you know, then you have people like Prestavia, who's a female battle rapper, who's like, you know, um and a Christian fully, but she's like, Yo, if you hit me, I'm gonna yeah, you're not yeah, you're yeah. good. <laughs> it's like like don't expect me to be soft when it comes to you coming from my family. You know, so uh 
So, but then you get to see her just the the pure pureness of uh, how she is, who she is, her upbringing, what she's been delivered from, and it's 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 just beautiful. So, but what you'll see is just the the style of hip hop. You know, uh, even growing up, you know, you knew about you know Biggie and Tupac. You know, yeah, yeah. Tupac being West Coast, Biggie being East Coast. Yeah, that was like the predominant um, two levels of hip hop that were. In a quote quote at odds against each other, but really it's just Dr. beautiful Dre entertainment. Kind of the Absolutely, Compton, yeah. Compton Snoop Dogg, you yeah, know, and an aspect Dog. of the West Coast yeah. as well. And then what you see is as of as of recently, the South, because of its sound and its purity and its, okay. and its, its being different in general, has now taken over the hip hop genre in that sense. Um, to really? where absolutely, oh yeah, the South, as 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 Andre Three Thousand would say, the South got something to say. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. We produce great music, great content, and then you see the fusion of all those different styles come into uh, fruition and through hip hop and dance, um, which is literally even a lot of dances out of hip hop culture have started in, you know, just the South. You know, so uh, we definitely are expressive in that sense too. So that's just what hip hop is. You know, um, even though there's different areas, North, uh, which is like East Coast, West Coast, South, it it all in a sense, just, you know, comes together. It's one culture with different aspects. I've heard this term, spoken word. Mm -hmm. Is there a a genre of spoken word that is different from rap? Absolutely. So we have uh, spoken word, which is literally just, if I wasn't battling somebody and I just kind of did a rap without any beat, I'll be doing spoken word. Now, within spoken word, there's also a subgenre of that, which is called slam poetry. Um, So what you saw Hannah doing is a form of slam. Okay, we you know. saw we saw a performance Absolutely. today. Yes. Well, yes. it was a it was a performance as a part of a Christian liturgy. It was worship. It was worship. It was awesome, actually. Yes. And so yeah. that the so style that was spoken, doing, but that was slam poetry. Poetry. Yeah. So it's 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 spoken word, but it's yeah. it's a uh, slam poetry is is almost its own genre within poetry, okay. and uh, it's it's very expressive, very from the heart. It involves every piece of you, every part of the body. Yeah. That you know. Um, so even though I'm a battle rapper, even though I'm a rapper, even though I can do spoken word, even though I can do poetry. I'm also very hesitant to call myself a poet in that sense because it's a different genre and they deserve their respect as well. Okay. You know, because it's 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 it's, it's yeah, it's different. It's, it's different. different. It's different. You have to write from a different space. You can't focus too much on hyper over entendrical lyricism, whatever it may be. It's really about can I reach the people in front of me and them know what I'm talking about, you know? I like to be able to go over heads, like with slam poetry, it's like, you can't afford that. Like the people need to hear what I have to say because it's expressive. So spoken word has has that, and then you have also slam poetry as well. Okay, talk to me about about spoken word slam poetry in general, and is there a slam poetry, spoken word, Christian tradition. So that's, and that's where we actually have a lot of our uh, leaders in the poetry world right now. Uh, We have uh, what's called the Poets in Autumn, you know, um, beautiful, beautiful poets, uh, a guy named Ezekiel. Uh, We have Jackie Hill Perry. Um, She's in the Poets of Autumn, Poets in Autumn. We have uh, Genetics. Uh, We have Preston Perry, um, Chris Webb. Um, people like Hannah as well. She's not in the Poets of Autumn, to my knowledge. Um, but but that style, as she was doing, um, is what you would see as Christian poetry within a slam context. Now, what you typically see within slam poetry is competition. And so there's actually, in the same way you see battle rap, right. without there being, I'm doing mine and I'm responding to yours, it's more so... 
I'm doing my piece and this is in a competitive format and then they'll do their piece and you just kind of just keep going based off of that. And so okay. um, there's there's been so many beautiful documentaries on slam poetry and even slam poetry done in urban settings um, in, from junior highs to elementary wow. schools. And some of those, sometimes that's some of the best slam poetry you'll see because you have these kids just writing from a beautiful raw place. So it's... it's so kids yeah. start doing this. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you were five when you were performing. Absolutely. Um, like even even with uh, the youth I work with um, yeah. in the juvenile detention center system. Yeah, know, which you've done I a lot. There. Yeah, I yeah. go in there and I bring hip hop, but I'm really just bringing something as far as just the sound. Um, we're talking about an environment where it's freezing cold. They're wearing gray, gray, gray sweatshirts. Um, it's white walls. You really don't get a feel for anything abstract. It's, yeah. it's just bland. Yeah. But then I start playing a beat, and these kids got melodies. They got raps. This rhyming. All wow. the kids are rapping the same lyrics because they've all practiced with each other, and they've heard the same songs over and over again because that's all they can do. And so yeah. they're writing in an enclosed lockdown space. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I'm like... Yo, this is the heart of the people, yeah. you know, the heart of the urban community to be able to create beauty in the struggle, even if the struggle is what has caused them to be in lockdown, yeah. they still desire to create. And so yeah. what uh, what I've done in the, in the nonprofit I've, I've created is basically allow them a space to create within the chaos, you know, wow. and uh, when they get out, they're able to actually be welcomed in to a space that I will create so that they don't have to worry about transportation or paying for anything it's like no we have a we have a studio made just for you all you have to do is just commit to the program by wow. doing things like weekly counseling gardening um financial literacy training job training mock, wow. mock interviews things like that so what's the name of your street hymns recording street hymns recording absolutely okay. yeah it's only right you know it's only right it's only right <laughs> i wanted to make it sound like a, a record label yeah, yeah you know by the time the, the kids finish the quarterly uh the programs it's really like we're gonna do a thing where it's almost like a signing party when really we're just signing the the rights of the music all to them, you know, but for them it. to have it, the feel of like, you know, the picture when most rappers ownership, have the yeah. ownership because this yeah. is yours. You An know? achievement. So you made it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And the goal is that they don't go back into detention. Amen. 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 Which is the, I think it's an 85% rate at which they do from the oh, age of 13. So that they go back. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh boy. And so we're going to take the data and everything we've, we've, we've accumulated and say, all right, look, this is, this is what it means to, uh, get them to not just get out but stay out you know and um, yeah. it's, it's really just being there and mentoring and, and caring for them and being consistent because consistency is the one thing that they've lacked from the beginning let me maybe this is where to close what is the impact of Kristen I mean I'm I'm a, I came of age you know I was born in 1949 gosh anyway um, in, in the late 60s and early 70s and there was something called the Jesus movement mm -hmm. and the Jesus movement had about it a breakthrough which was that rock music was brought into Christian Come worship yeah. and it it had an impact on Christian worship and for a little time the well in the bit it was a big time when Bob Dylan did Christian albums that it had impact in uh, the overculture, if you will, as well as within the Christian culture. Um, and so it changed Christian worship forever. And I'm getting a feeling that rap, hip hop is, is, is changing aspects of Christian worship and whatever. So, so talk to me about the impact of Christian rap within Christianity, but also its impact out 
outside Christianity in the rap world in general? Absolutely. Well, um, anybody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I haven't been to any Christian conference in the last five years, whether it be music fests, whether it be gatherings, whether it be revivals, and it was a majority to 50% or, or, or more non-believers showing up. Wow. And if you, if, if you have been a part of one, let me know. The ones that I have seen are either in the apologetic realm. Right. Because people have questions. Yeah. Well, that's another aspect of this because of the, the movement. Well, movement. There were the new atheists who were mostly white. But within African-American culture, from Ta-Nehisi Coates, who's probably the best known to many other, well, Ibrahim X. Kendi, I mean, I could go on, who are... Who are, who are saying that, you know, Christianity is white men's religion and Christianity, all it ever did to black people was put them down and keep them down and all of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, meanwhile, so then there's Christian rap. Just, just, yeah, uh, knowing the historicity behind, you know, the Afrocentric aspects of uh, religiosity and spirituality in theology and how our patriarchs within the uh, Afrocentric realm were the ones who actually were helping to shape the Christian mind, yes, yes. so to say, right? Yeah. So um, with that being said... Way back when. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So that, with that being said, I say um, the, the concept of like Christian events being thrown in unbelievers, not, not as a diss, but as, as a reflection or self-reflection. Like if we're doing these events and we're doing these things and throwing these, 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 these big things to attract people, well, let's call it as it is. We're, we're, we're more so making Christian events for Christians um, to be motivated and inspired, which nothing is wrong with that. Right. But we can't then therefore go and call it evangelism right. because evangelism means you have to go out and reach the yeah. lost. And what I'm seeing is people are showing up to things where they feel like they're welcomed and their questions will be answered. Wow. Um, the only, the, it's funny enough, another event where I saw a, 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 a surge of non-believers showing up was when Kanye started doing concerts. Okay. Because here we have a, a mogul that's saying, hey man, Jesus changed my life, you know? And of course, yeah. people have things to say about it, but you have to look at the results. Non-believers in California were showing up at the masses to go and hear from this man who's now worshiping with a group of people, and then you have masses of people getting saved. Yeah. And so for me, I'm like, all right, bet. Let's look at these models and look at where the non-believers are coming and showing up to, because it's not the fact that they're not open to it. It seems as though they want to, but you have to meet them where they're at. Yeah. And we have to be able to create open spaces and comfortable spaces where they feel welcome and they feel like their their questions can be answered. And so I'm seeing that in the apologetical realm. I'm yeah. seeing that in some spaces where you have people, uh, mostly celebrities now in entertainment. It's like, yo, I did have this message, but I'm offering you this now. And then so it's like, wait. I knew you before, so I got to hear you what you're saying now. And so I feel like we as believers should be doing more collaboration and also more answering of questions, you know, and throwing events that like that. Me, so that's got, what battle rap does. You know, it's making me think of a couple. I thought we were almost done, but I got a couple <laughs> more. But I listened to all of Damn, mm -hmm. and um, and I, I mean, I could see the what quality of it. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, Amazing. he's. I thought he was, I, I mean, I thought that was. Who recommends you listen to that? Did I tell you that? It won an award. Oh, yeah, there we go. I thought, I, thought, I mean, I read Ta-Nehisi Coates because 
you better read Ta-Nehisi Coates okay. if you're going to be alive in 2020. You know okay. what I mean? Okay. I mean, if you want to know what's going on, you better read Ta-Nehisi, one of them. And then, then, and then Damn, I think, won Record of the Year or something or other. Each each track itself went platinum. So I, if, so I thought I better... I better out. listen to this if I'm gonna like be alive. So I did, and the cover is haunting to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, his face, his head down in the red, and um, and and yeah, and I thought it was a, a good piece of art. Um, so what about those two guys? Yeah, because so, I've heard Kendrick is a believer. Yeah. So and, um, and you know people. That's the thing about um, the outside. You know, like people will say things and and portray things, but. You know, when he talks about uh, professing Yeshua and actually what was a big controversy in his in a project called Good Kid, Mad City, um, he's basically telling the story of uh, uh, growing up in Compton, you know, and uh, struggling to be an intellectual, but also being tempted by the streets, you know, and seeing a lot of his friends fall into that and also him not falling to that and also feeling like he has survivor's guilt because, all right, now I have all this success, but I can't even change my city. And so, like, there's a struggle and wrestle between that. But at the very end of it, after telling a story, story about um, how one of his friends gets killed, um, he, they go to this store and the voice of Maya Angelou actually oh gives my. the gospel to them and it's literally, y'all want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And that was a big controversy because like Chris is like, wait, man, you can't have a secular guy telling the gospel on his album? What's going on? You know, and it's like, man, do y'all realize what, what Kendrick is yeah. doing right here? You know, so it's for me, for me, it was a beautiful piece of art at the very least, but it was also just intriguing to see that, you know, he was openly doing this as a yeah. as the number one rapper at the time you yeah. know and, and and good kid mad city is just a beautiful beautiful piece of work um then you have kanye who i would say uh content wise for the last few albums it was good I mean, it was good yeah. i said yeah it was good it was good it was good and it was it was good for like even the context of what he's doing with the uh sunday service when, yeah, I, yeah, when yeah. that was going on um but what what you see in kanye is this is why i tell people um he he creates based on where he's at and because of that, um, a lot of people miss out on the context behind the pain. You know, like post his mother dying, he ends up dropping things like My Beautiful Twist, Dark Twisted Fantasy and, and uh, Jesus, you know, and it's really, really angry and, 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 and just dark tones and dark sounds because he's, he's angry. Yeah. He's got questions. He's, he's wondering what's going on. Yeah. And then to go from that to, you know, things like, the gospel gospel album he's doing now, and then you see similar things with uh, a guy named Chance the Rapper. You know, goes from doing something called acid rap, where he makes a whole project about him being on acid, to now making a project where he has Kirk Franklin on it because he's he's like he's like man, I have a new life and I'm a Christian now. You know, and wow. so it's just it's just beautiful seeing even people in the mainstream realm you know, be boldly proclaiming Christ. You know, um, so are they look? You know, when Bob Dylan did his Christian albums, I was at a concert. Um, in fact, it's one that's on the recordings of the bootleg tapes at Massey Hall in Toronto, where he was booed. Bob Dylan is standing on the stage with a guitar being booed. Wow. Because he only wants to sing the songs from Slow Train Coming. And, and he won't sing Blowing in the Wind. Any of his classics, yeah. And they, he was booed. Wow. I'll never forget it. And the story of his life is that he spent a rough 10 years because of those, he had that experience over and over. 
And, and so what happens when Kendrick Lamar or you or uh, Chance you know, the Rapper or Chance or the Rapper or the, so no, how the is the, does the music world come down on them? No. I mean, okay. Okay. No, because it's, 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 it's art. It's expression. Okay. You know, um, like if and here's they the crazy any, part. Those There's guys a, owe anything to Bob Dylan doing those albums? I, I didn't even know about this, but I'm, I got to check it out now. You I didn't mean, know about this? I didn't know about him getting booed off stage for doing Oh, my movies. gosh. Yeah, I was sitting there. Oh, you were there. I was there <laughs> in Massey Hall. Wow. When they're booing Bob Dylan. I mean, I'm like. Yeah, you don't really see. You're not going to see somebody getting booed at their concert, but well, Kanye. Well, he's definitely done some stuff for you years ago. Yeah. <laughs> He, he does the But is it because it's not because he's doing Christian stuff? Yeah, it's, it's more so because he's, being, he's what? being Kanye, oh, yeah, you know. Okay. <laughs> so you gotta, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you gotta give him some grace in that, you know. Mm -hmm. it's just, uh, he's a very, he, he doesn't really hold character. his tongue. Yeah, he's a character for yeah. sure. Um, but, but generally, at the end of the day, um, the way I look at it is, um, being that uh, depression and, and, and suicide and, and mental health is definitely a trending topic right now within um, yeah. Gen Z and millennials. Um, yeah. But there's a movement of people who do now what's called emo rap. And it's, it's basically uh, talking about those emotions, but not really offering an answer, not really offering uh, solace. It's just simply speaking, on, I feel it. like doing this. I felt like this. And what you also see is Gen Z, millennials, running towards that because it's like man at the very least i'm feeling empathy because i thought i was alone in this yeah you know and so if people can creatively talk about how they want to commit suicide i don't see the issue of somebody saying yo i want to praise god you know and then also like do you think the people in the crowd are also like all in one like hey let's i want to you know what i'm saying but but at the end of the day you understand that man this is your expression of art and i feel it in a certain sense well what impact does this have on the church yes um so the church in general, uh, in my opinion, just has to start paying attention. You know, um, we have to be the ecclesia, meaning we have to go out. Um, yeah. it's, 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 I think we've had our fair share of uh, building up the entity of the building and the church. And uh, now it's time to use the resources to go out to reach the people and evangelize, you know, be the answer givers, be the messengers of the gospel that we learned in the walls. Now we have to take it out. And so um, just just looking at what draws people, what draws non-believers, take note of that and just go and use the people around you, use your resources, use your church, like and even even within the church, you know, when it comes to the kids, like. It's like, man, I, I don't know how to reach my youth. It's like, well, do you have a TikTok? Does your church have a TikTok? And it's like, no. Well, well, maybe well, you should start with that. In fact, how about you let them run it? Y'all have the resources. These kids love TikTok. Help them out. Get them a new iPhone so they can, you know, do TikToks at a high quality level. Yeah. You yeah. know, they, the kids are loving podcasts. How about you allow them and empower them to do new podcasts you're doing now? So I, I feel like we have to empower our youth, empower yeah. our children, encourage them and trust them that they can be carriers of the gospel, you know, which is the same thing that Jesus did. Yeah. And the same thing that we were told not to look down on their youth. So like, let's empower them in their youth. And then like basically come together and unify within the body so that we can evangelize and be the ecclesia. And a lot of being the ecclesia now is being portrayed as like being on social media, which is definitely a, a good case because where the eyes at, our eyes are on social media and our eyes are on the phone most of the time. So we have to do a great job of representing Christ in a high level while we are being and creating art. So is this a, a well, I don't, I don't want to use the word answer, but you know, we live in a pretty fraught world 
And with, between the pandemic and the killing of George Floyd mm -hmm. and the response to that, um, where does all this play in a country? You know, that's the uh, that was the, where I was headed. Our country, our discourse is everybody screaming at everybody. And, you know, I mean, it's screaming literally um, sometimes and otherwise screaming in written word or whatever it's like nobody's not hearing each other um and 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 battle rap it seems to me is a place where you have to hear the other yeah even though you're battling so what is is it it, it just strikes me that it's a genre particularly suited to this time but also maybe has something to teach this time absolutely yeah and, that, and that's and that's simply the the answer to understanding culture is immersion Simple as that, you know, become all things to all men so that you can save some. Yeah. If you're wondering why the black community is feeling left out, if you're wondering why the black community is feeling like they're alone, well, maybe you need to go immerse yourself. Don't just look at statistics and say, oh, well, if you only just picked yourself up by your bootstraps, how about you go and spend some time with these children in these um, neighborhoods and you'll see that, yeah, the books that your kids have are not the same books that they have access to, and the teaching that they have is not the same teaching that they have access to, where they're learning, what they're learning, how they're learning it. And you'll be able to basically empathize with the situation rather than looking at just numbers. Yeah. Because it's not numbers, they're people. Yeah. Like, like, like we're people, and we have, we have the, 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 the right to be you know, viewed as such and viewed equal. You yeah. know? We're, not, we're not asking to be superior. We're, not asking, we're just asking to be looked at as equal. And in order to be equal, we have to look at the numbers and say, okay, well, if these numbers are that bad, how do we help it out? You know? And, and it's, it's, it's a definitely a multi-layered thing, but I'm not, I'm not saying I have the answer. I just know when it comes to understanding culture, immersion is, is, is needed and it's a solution because when you immerse yourself, you're able to feel as they feel, hurt as they hurt, and that's what I did with battle rap, you know. Um, to understand the culture, I had to immerse in it. I had to study it. I had to love it, you know. And I love it now. And I love the people. And I love the culture. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Street, this has been great. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. This I'm so good. glad I met you at Axiom. <laughs> and we, we met around Thomas C. Odin. There he is. Legendary. And his book, yeah, The Legendary, How Africa Shaped a Christian Mind. Bars. Um, which, I, yeah, the bars, his yeah, bars. Yeah, is, yeah. yeah, yeah. It has been great talking to you. Same Thank you well. very much. Thank you for the opportunity. And, and you this episode of the Religion Unplugged podcast was hosted by Roberta Amundsen, edited and produced by Peter Freeby. The Religion Unplugged podcast is a production of religionunplugged.com and is part of The Media Project, a nonprofit dedicated to equipping journalists to cover religion. To read our award-winning global religion news coverage or to find out more about Religion Unplugged or The Media Project, visit religionunplugged.com or follow us on Twitter at religionmag.com.